0: Welcome to Elder Care Radio on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. This presentation is brought to you by the law offices of Steinbacher, Goodall, and Yourchak, bringing you the latest information on how to best plan for the second part of life in the most tax-efficient, cost-effective way possible. Whether you have a loved one already in a nursing home and spending thousands of dollars each month to pay for care, or you're simply planning ahead, You'll hear ideas that will help you pay for long-term care without going broke in the process. Now, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us. Let's introduce you to our host, Attorney Jenna Franks, and Certified Medicaid Planner Kristen Doherty with Steinbacher Goodall and Yorchak Care Law Firm here in State College. We hope you've been enjoying our past few shows. We've now had the chance to discuss several topics, including estate planning, powers of attorneys, last wills testaments irrevocable trust special needs planning and what happens if you need care now today we are switching gears a bit to talk about the different levels of care and the different type of facilities and alternatives to paying for long-term care so let's bring in Kristen and Jenna to tell you more
2: this is such a this is such an important topic and something that we always seem to receive a ton of questions about. We're really lucky here in the state college area to have a variety of ways to receive care and a variety of ways to help pay for that care. Today, Jenna and I are going to break it down, talk to you about the different levels of care, how and where you can receive care, and then how to pay for them. There are various in-home care agencies that can provide support to help our loved ones stay home. Most in-home care is private pay and costs somewhere around $25 per hour. Depending on the amount of care your loved one needs to stay at home, this could be a practical solution or it could be a costly solution. There are government benefits that can help offset the in-home care costs if you meet the guidelines for those programs. The CHC or Community Health Choices Waiver Program, otherwise known as the Aging Waiver Program or the PDA Waiver Program, is a program that's designed to keep individuals home instead of needing to move into a skilled nursing facility. It is a Medicaid program, so there are strict income and asset guidelines. While this program does not provide 24-hour-a-day care, it can provide many hours a day. Some of the services that can be provided under this program are non-skilled services, such as homemakers that can help with activities of daily living, such as bathing, dressing, grooming, and toileting. Other things such as meal prep, cleaning, respite, and supervision. The process to qualify for the CHC Waiver Program is pretty intense and tedious. The first step is getting a level of care assessment. That's done by the Community Health Choices Coordinator or the Office of Aging. Once you meet the level of care necessary for this program, your physician also must weigh in to verify that you meet the level of care. Next is the financial eligibility, going through the Medicaid process. If that's not enough, you also have to work with a care coordinator through the independent enrollment broker through the state. It can take three to six months to get this whole process done from start to finish. It's very tedious and very stressful. Imagine trying to do everything you can to keep your loved one home and then being told it can take six months to get the help that you deserve. The good news is our office helps with this process every single day. We know the strategies to get you qualified for the program and to help expedite the process. Now, if you're not sure about going through the waiver program to help pay for your care, there's also options such as private paying for a caregiver to come into your home. Private paying a caregiver can be through an agency or hiring a private caregiver that you may know. This could be costly, so you want to make sure this is the right option for you or if there's other benefits available to help pay for that care. One word of advice is if you're considering paying somebody that you know to be a caregiver, you want to make sure you have some sort of care contract in place. If you don't have a care contract in place and at some point in time your loved one requires Medicaid services, all the money that you've paid towards the caregiver could be viewed as a gift and you could be penalized for the care that you need at that time. Other than private paying for your in-home care or qualifying for the waiver program, there may still be other options to help pay for the in-home care.
1: So what if you're somebody, for example, that may have veterans benefits available to them?
3: The Veterans Administration offers an aid and attendance pension benefit to qualifying veterans, spouses, or widows of a veteran, and that equals about $20,000 a year on a tax-free basis, and that can help you pay for long-term care. While a tax-free benefit of $20,000 a year would be helpful for many veterans, there are actually about 2 million veterans or widows of veterans who are likely missing out on this benefit. Actually, a study by the VA said that veterans are generally unaware that this program exists and only one in seven widows that probably could qualify actually receive these monthly benefit checks. In order to qualify for the aid and attendance pension benefit, the veteran must have served 90 days of active duty with at least one day served during wartime. The veteran also had to be honorably discharged and must be over the age of 65. Now this is a care benefit So the veteran also needs to require some sort of care. Assuming that you meet all this criteria that we just mentioned, the application and qualifying process additionally looks at income, medical expenses, and your assets. Now, your assets generally need to be under about $120,000. Assets doesn't necessarily include everything. There are some exceptions, like your house, for instance. Once you're approved, this benefit could provide around $20,000 a year that you can use to pay for in-home care, assisted living, and nursing home care. Now, $20,000 is a lot of money that could really could really help you pay for care, but keep in mind, this might not be the best option for everyone. Typically, the veteran's benefit is not as helpful if we have a client that needs skilled nursing home care, where we're talking about more of the $10,000 a month. There typically aren't as many options for benefits if you need the in-home care or assisted living or personal care homes. So that's why the pe- the Veterans Pension Benefit can really help in those situations. But for skilled nursing home care, if you need help with paying for that care, typically we're, lo- we're looking at more of the Medicaid benefits. Now, in October 2018, qualification for the Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Program became a bit more complicated for those of you who know how the five-year lookback works for Medicaid or you listened to our show that talked about the five-year lookback, there's now a three-year lookback period to qualify for the Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Program. So any gifting within three years prior to applying for this pension benefit through the VA must be reported to the VA. This means that if you gifted within three years of applying for the pension benefit, you could be hindered from qualifying for this pension benefit.
1: So now that we've talked about options for in-home care, what actually happens if there's a need or someone needs to move into an actual facility?
2: As cognition deteriorates or physical health declines, it may be necessary to look into some type of placement, but it's not always clear where to start. There are personal care homes that are otherwise known as senior living facilities. There's skilled nursing facilities. There's CCRCs, which are continuing care retirement communities. Today, we're going to dive in and we're going to break down what those different type of facilities look like. Years ago, I actually worked for the Area Agency on Aging, and I did a lot of level of care determinations, trying to figure out what was the right program or level of care for placement somebody needed. It used to be really clear If someone just needed help with meals, maybe medication assistance, maybe minimal personal care, it was clear, personal care homes, senior living. That's not true today. A lot of these assisted living or personal care senior living facilities really can provide a lot more services now. A lot of them even offer dementia units. So the personal care homes in Pennsylvania range from anywhere from $3,000 to $7,000 a month. It really depends on what kind of care you need. The more care you need, the higher your monthly cost. As Jenna mentioned earlier, the Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Benefit may be able to help supplement a shortfall in the monthly cost at this level of care. Medicaid is not an option for personal care homes or senior living facilities in Pennsylvania. Most often, individuals are paying out of pocket for that level of care. Skilled nursing facilities are the highest level of care for those who are very physically and medically compromised or have cognitive issues that cannot be managed at a lower level of care. Skilled nursing facilities in Pennsylvania cost over $10,000 a month. All skilled nursing facilities will accept private pay, although many of them will also accept Medicaid, which is the best benefit to help pay for this level of care. Over the last few weeks, we spent a lot of time talking about Medicaid and the income and asset guidelines. And while most people can qualify for Medicaid, they do need to follow the strict income and asset guidelines. But our office can implement strategies to protect assets and help you qualify for Medicaid quickly. Remember, it's very important to protect your assets, your legacies, and most importantly, your spouse. And our office can help with this type of planning.
1: Kristen, thanks. And coming up after the break, we'll discuss what happens if you're in a skilled facility that does not accept Medicaid and you run out of money. It's an issue that pops up frequently, and we'll discuss it coming up next on Elder Care Radio.
0: Welcome back to Elder Care Radio on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC.
1: So, Kristen, tell us what happens, or you have a loved one in a skilled facility that does not accept Medicaid, and now you run out of money?
2: That's a great question, and it has a few different answers. It really depends on what type of facility you are in. Most skilled facilities that do not accept Medicaid are part of a continuing care retirement community, otherwise known as a CCRC. These communities offer a variety of level of cares, usually starting at independent living. Now, each community is different, So if you think a continuing care retirement community is right for you, please do your research by visiting the community. The goal of a continuing care retirement community is to help you age in place, starting at independent all the way through your death. Most of these facilities require a significant buy-in, possibly a few hundred thousand dollars, plus your monthly rent. Quite possibly one of the most important questions to ask when exploring continuing care retirement communities is if they have a benevolent fund. This is essentially a guarantee that you can stay at the facility for the rest of your life, even if you run out of money. This is really important to know because we're living longer than ever. Many individuals want to move into a continuing care retirement community, but we have to make sure this is realistic. We have to do the research. How much is the buy-in? How much is the monthly rent? What happens if you run out of money? Because there are some continuing care retirement communities that do not offer a benevolent fund that when you run out of money, you must leave. Think about living someplace for many, many years and then running out of money and being told you have to leave. Now imagine having a cognitive impairment and having to leave a place that you've known for many years. It's a big decision and a lot of thought has to go into this as we're thinking about where we want to age in place.
1: Kristen, this is great information to have. If someone has questions about what levels of care may be appropriate for their situation, they can contact you and then you'll help them sort this all out.
2: Absolutely. We offer a free initial consultation where we can evaluate your estate planning documents and discuss long-term care options and their goals to see what makes the most sense.
1: So now that we have some information on the different levels of care and the different facilities, Jenna, tell our listeners about some of the other ways that you can actually pay for long-term care.
3: One common way that clients plan to pay for their long-term care is to use a long-term care insurance policy. We're often asked to review these policies, and we're asked if any additional planning is necessary because they have a policy in place. Every policy looks different, and there's a few things that we need to consider when we're reviewing these policies, such as daily benefit, elimination period, maximum benefit, and the annual premium. The elimination period is usually around 30 to 90 days, and this is the time period when you initiate the policy, but the policy won't pay out right away. So if you have a 90-day elimination period, the policy won't start paying anything until after 90 days from when the policy is initiated. The maximum benefit is the total benefit that is allowable under the The maximum benefit is the total benefit that is allowable under the policy. So if you have a maximum benefit of $300,000, once once that policy is paid out $300,000, it's not going to pay anything more. Mm -hmm. While each policy is different, we do often see policies that pay for around three years. The daily benefit is one of the most important aspects to one of these long-term care insurance policies. This is the amount per day that the policy will pay towards care. So, for instance, if your policy only pays about $100 a day and the cost of your nursing home care is about $340 a day, you still have a $240 daily shortfall. So you need to come up with another $240 per day to pay for your care. And this is where long-term care insurance and long-term care planning work hand in hand. So if you have a long-term care insurance policy or are considering purchasing one of these policies, it's very important to know what coverage the policy actually provides. Not all policies cover every level of care. We've worked with families that paid into long-term care insurance for years, but when they went to initiate the policy, learned that it didn't cover in-home care or personal care. You want to make sure you know and understand what your policy says and what it covers. Long-term care insurance policy premiums are always a hot topic. Premiums are not regulated, and they can jump upwards of 20% each year. This can certainly provide a hardship for any client. While it may be tempting to drop coverage with the increase of premiums, we would never recommend doing this because you never know when you may need care. And a lot of our clients have paid a lot of money towards these premiums already, so they have a lot invested in these insurance policies. Instead, you should talk to the advisor on the policy or another advisor to see if there's a better option with your existing policy.
1: Well, Jenna, this is a lot of information for folks to consider. And of course, you can find out more by picking up the phone and giving Kristen or Jenna a call. Coming up after the break, we're going to discuss more options on how you can help pay for this expensive long term care. It's all coming up on Elder Care Radio.
3: It's Jenna and Kristen from Steinbacher. Good all in your check. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with dementia? Are you worried about how to pay for the care that you can't live without? Has your neighbor or
2: someone you know lost their life savings to long-term care? You aren't stuck with spending down to your last penny to pay for your care. At Steinbacher, Goodall & Yurchak, we take the time and figure out a specialized plan that will work for you and your family to protect what matters most. While the health and safety of our clients and staff is our number one priority, we are still offering free initial consultations via Zoom or a phone call. You will receive the same quality legal and planning services from the comfort and safety of your own home.
3: Call Steinbacher, Goodall, and your check today at 814 237 4100 for your free consultation. That's 814 237 4100 or visit our website at paeldercouncil.com
0: Welcome back to Elder Care Radio on 933 and 1390 WRSC
1: Welcome back to our show Jenna there are still some options available that you want to discuss today including the Pension Protection Act and also the Secure Act tell us the difference between the two
3: That's right. The Pension Protection Act is a little-known law that can allow you to create a large pool of money and then use that money to pay for long-term care on a tax-free basis. Now, let's assume you're a middle-aged couple concerned about long-term care expenses, like many people, and the devastating impact that that could have on your future financial well-being. Let's assume that you have a nice nest egg saved between your 401k, checking account, savings account, and an annuity. And let's also assume for purposes of this discussion that you decided you would use your annuity to pay for long-term care if you got sick. Let's say that annuity is valued at about $200,000. By simply transferring the existing annuity you own into an annuity that conforms with the Pension Protection Act, you could immediately create a tax-free pool of money of almost a million dollars. These tax-free dollars could then be used to pay for the cost of home care, assisted living, or nursing home expenses. Unfortunately, the Pension Protection Act will not work with IRAs. However, there are still options if you hold most of your money in an IRA. If you're concerned about the devastating cost of long-term care and how it could affect your retirement in the future, you do owe it to yourself to take a look at some of the creative options that are now available. Whether you decide to use some of your checking, savings, CDs, an annuity, part of your 401k, or even an IRA, it's totally your decision. The reality is there's a much more tax-efficient, cost-effective way to paying for long-term care than you might have expected.
1: And Jenna, we should probably point out there has been some changes in the law when it comes to retirement accounts that took place just at the beginning of the year. Can we talk about that?
3: That's right, Chris. So the SECURE Act was actually enacted as of January 1st, 2020. And while the law change doesn't necessarily offer a way to pay for long-term care, we did want to mention it because it's so recent and it quite possibly affects many of our listeners. With the SECURE Act, IRA owners are now allowed to postpone their required minimum distributions until age 72. Previously, this was age 70 and a half. So this is good for those who are trying to reduce their taxable income for as long as possible but it could result in larger IRAs at the time of death, which will then be passed to your beneficiaries and possibly subject them to higher income tax. Additionally, all IRAs and Roth IRAs, with some exceptions, must be paid to the designated beneficiaries within 10 years following the owner's death. Now previously, IRAs that were inherited could be paid out according to the beneficiary's life expectancy. By forcing your beneficiaries to now take the entire IRA balance within 10 years, this could drastically change your beneficiary's income tax bracket. If this is a big concern of yours, it's a great time to call into our office and schedule that free initial consultation. At the very least, we can review your estate plan and your beneficiary designations to make sure that they all make sense and that we're avoiding any unnecessary tax consequences.
1: So let's take a moment and discuss scenarios. What happens when someone walks into your office and says, I have long-term care insurance, so I don't need a trust?
2: That's a great question and one we get asked very often. And I just want to point out one more time that your long-term care insurance might not cover the entire cost of care that you need. You need to review your policy and make sure you know exactly what it covers. The daily cost of long-term care in a skilled nursing home is over $300 a day. If your long-term care insurance policy only covers $100 a day, you have a $200 a day plus shortfall.
1: So then just to kind of recap and review, because this is the most important part, people worry about how they can pay for long-term care. So let's run quickly back through those options.
3: So first and foremost, you can private pay. You can just use your own assets and pay for all of your care. Obviously, that can dwindle down your assets pretty quickly. There's also Medicaid benefits that we've talked a lot about. There's Medicare benefits. There's long-term care insurance policies. There's the Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension, and there's the Pension Protection Act.
2: And I want to mention also in regards to Medicare, Medicare is a very short-term healthcare benefit. A lot of us expect that we're going to get 100 days of coverage from Medicare if we move into a facility or need some sort of in-home care. That's just not true. Medicare will pay very minimal skilled nursing home or in-home care. So please keep that in mind as we're figuring out what the best options are for us and what we need to do to protect our assets. If you move into a skilled nursing facility and you're going to be there for more than 20 days, you need to explore your options because your Medicare coverage will end.
1: It sounds like no matter what you do or what kind of planning you're involved in, it is definitely best to work with an elder care law firm.
3: We've discussed a lot today about the different levels of care and the different options that you have to pay for care. If you have any questions, feel free to call us or schedule a free initial consultation. Again, you have nothing to
2: lose. We'd love to hear from you. Call Steinbacher Goodall in your check at 814-237-4100. That's 814-237-4100 to schedule your free initial consultation. Or visit our website at paeldercouncil.com.
1: Kristen and Jenna, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you next time on Elder Care Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Elder Care Radio. Join us again next Sunday at 10 a.m. on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. This has been a production of the Law Offices of Steinbacher, Goodall, and Yorchak, and Forever Media.